I was told you were coming. So, who do you kill for fun around? If this girl gives him one minute of happiness, it is one minute too yeah, much. She's not angel anymore. I'm back. Jeez. I don't like vampires. I take a stand and say they're not good. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. Oh, you had beer opener dysfunction again. No, I didn't. It was fine. <laughs> this never happens to me, baby, I swear. <laughs> Not once. Except for the last time. <laughs> we don't talk about that. And the though. time before that. And that. Okay, every time. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everybody! Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And this is season two, episode three. The title of the Buffy episode is "School Hard." School Hard. Obviously, a reference to Die Hard, which I'm a little disappointed. I mean, I I see where they got that. I think it was an after the fact kind of title, like some of ours, like all of ours. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one what, of our what's titles. What's the funniest thing we can think to name our, our <laughs> yeah. podcast? Hey, you guys, you know this? We kind of <laughs> ripped off the plot of Die Hard here. Oh my god, we've got it! <laughs> so Josh, how about a mom synopsis? Joshua! <laughs> Why does that character look like Billy Idol? <laughs> well, I'm so glad you asked, Mom. It's mostly because Rex fucking ruined it for me right out of the gate. I was literally just starting the episode. Nobody cares about why you feel bad, Joshua. <laughs> this this it's isn't about especially not me. <laughs> this isn't about your spoilers. <laughs> All right, mom. So, uh, <laughs> this just happens to be the beginning of the most epic badassery character that ever graced the screen oh my of television God. why do you have a boner joshua <laughs> are you a gay <laughs> no mom i'm not a gay that doesn't mean I can't appreciate how fucking sexy Spike is. Oh, he's such a badass. You got a fucking problem with that? Take it up with my psychologist oh. that I'm going to invoice you for. Alrighty then. So, so the anointed is still around. Spike shows up and he offers to kill the fucking Slayer and he sure does try. And although he fails... He still makes the show infinitely better. Oh my god. What a wonderful mom synopsis you've done today, Joshua. I am very appreciative of the way you've made fun of me today. Now I'm going to listen to your episode. God, please don't. No, you're not, mom. I know. I know. Oh god. <laughs> Okay, that was definitely one of your better ones. Uh, oh, fuck. Alcohol, alcohol. Oh. Everybody loves alcohol. Hey. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, 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 give me more! Nice. I shall walk in Hold on. You've got something here, huh? 
So, on to the episode. How about that Bel Air Brown? <sighs> yes. Shout out to Shorts Brewery. We would like your sponsorship, but we don't have it yet. No. So if somebody could make that happen, that'd be great. That would be awesome. That would be, uh... We want free beer. That'd be great. We want free beer. Free beer. Free, free beer. beer. <laughs> okay, so the the episode opens on Snyder's office. Uh-huh. And of course, we love Snyder. <laughs> well, I mean, it changes a little in this episode actually. I'm not sure I love Snyder as much as you as much as I used to after this episode. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So it opens up, we have Buffy and this girl, Sheila, yeah. in Snyder's office. We've never seen Sheila before, but never. she's the other bad kid. You know, I, I, I want to address something here. Sure. Aside from being, you know, absent a little too much, uh huh. what the fuck does Buffy do? Well, he said something about her starting fights or something, but no, you're right. He's really fucking stretching like, here. A, his biggest complaint is she set a gym on fire. That was her last school. A, at a different school. You don't even have any proof of this, and like, Buffy points that out. This whole episode, they paint her like she's this bad kid. And, Seriously. Like, causing all these... But she's just... No, it's, she's just busy with slaying. It's a and, horrific stretch. There's no way you can compare her to somebody who recently stabbed a teacher. What is she still doing in this school? No shit. She needs to be in fucking juvie. Yeah. Oh my god. And the way they paint this character, there's no way these two characters are on par with each <laughs> Not other. Not even slightly. Not even a little. Oh my god. But basically Snyder's like, oh, you're both bad students. I'm gonna expel one of you at the end of this thing. <laughs> and Turns it into a game show practically. Yeah, um we're having a, a parent teacher conference. Parent teacher conference. Conference, I guess, but it's more like a soiree, sort of like an <laughs> yeah. event kind of like lunch like I've never seen him make know. that big of a deal out of parent teacher conferences. But no. they he basically says that you are both going to handle the decorations and all this. Why is he giving them responsibilities yeah, if he thinks they're such losers? Exactly. The point, my point is, is the setup for this, not great. But I think all they're going for is the juxtaposition between a bad girl student and how much of a badass Spike is. Like, that's just the theme of the episode okay, is can, badness. Yeah. See, I, w I was thinking you were going to go in the direction of the comparison between an actual bad student and Buffy, who's not actually a bad student. There's that, too. I mean, there's multiple layers going on here, it, obviously. It's not a great setup, though. Not great. But that's fine. It, it doesn't need to be. Whatever. It's fantastic because in the very next scene, the most badass badass, whoever badassed, uh -huh. steps into the screen and it's Spike. And holy shit, I fucking love Spike. Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but he is by far my favorite fucking character in the entire goddamn show. He absolutely should be. He's probably mine as well. The moment I, but he steps on screen, my God, James Marsters has fucking screen presence. Like, just this moment of catharsis just falls over you like a weighted blanket and says, Shh. Introducing Spike in this episode, I think, honestly, is the moment for me when the show really steps into its shoes. This whole episode, Spike is just so far above tier the any other bad guy we've seen yet. Well, I think the whole point of Spike was really to wipe the slate clean of all these turdy, nerdy, stupid fucking bullshit he, characters. He trumps the master by leaps and 
fucking bounds. Oh, absolutely. In just his first scene, because it's the the episode, like, he pops on screen, he says, oh, it's good to be home. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he says it's home, because yeah. he's not from here, but... <laughs> and then it does the opening credits. Well, and Xander gave him the perfect setup, too, with this jinx that the girls freaked out about. It's like, don't worry, Buffy, the parent-teacher conferences will be fine as long as nothing bad happens between now and then. And just an immediate cut to Spike just barreling over the Sunnydale sign. Also, Xander, have you lived the last 12, 13 episodes? Come on. You know. You know. You don't say everything's going to be fine. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Have you learned nothing, Xander? Clearly not. (laughs) So, next scene. um, After the opening. Yep. We get the annoying one. <laughs> I I have to mention this because I want I want a little bit of bragging rights. I wrote the annoying one before before Spike, Spike mentioned because he calls him, that, him later. Then. Yes, God, that's fantastic. I I wrote in this uh-huh. the annoying one's layer as yes. where this scene takes place. Okay, so bringing us up to a quote of the day. Spike walks into the lair and... Oh, man, there's so much good shit. With one of the best opening lines. Uh, I think this counts more as his opening line than when he steps out of his car. Yeah. And the guy they have talking is the same breed of fucking vampire that the master was and that Luke yeah. was and that all these jackholes yeah. are. Yeah. And he even says, it will, this event will be bigger than the crucifixion. And I should know, I was there. Enter Spike. If every vampire who said they were at the crucifixion was actually there, it would have been like Woodstock. It's just like, oh my God, yes. It goes on to be, I was at Woodstock. (laughs) I fed off a hippie and spent the the entire next night watching my hand move. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm like, yes, yes, kill them all, kill them all, do it, do it, Lays out the the jackhole vampire who was talking about being at the crucifixion. Just with the bullshit little backhand punch. It's so good. Uh, And walks up to the anointed one, and he's like, he's talking about how, oh, you have a slayer problem. I've dealt with slayers before, mm -hmm. but I don't like to brag. Who am I kidding? I love to brag. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which I totally saw coming. I mean, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> and then we get introduced to Drusilla. Uh huh. Oh man, is she a trip? So creepy. <laughs> so creepy. Like, I mean, if his entrance wasn't badass enough to make these vampires go, wait, what the fuck? Oh uh, god. Yeah. When he wipes his vampire face because Drusilla walks in, everybody's like, um, these two, and she's speaking all cryptically, and that yeah. that. Su- the- Super perfect, like creepy, soft spoken, pleasant. I'm a cute little girl voice. Yeah. That just, it adds a layer of wrongness to the character that is just amazingly well, gorgeous. And they're both, they both have spot on British accents. And I, you know what I wish is I had looked up their specific dialects. I don't know of that. the UK. Um, I love how his relationship <laughs> with Drusilla is really like the scariest part about him. It <clears throat> manages to shut up an entire coven oh, of vampires. Yeah. And she like cuts his face and then licks the blood off his face. It's super creepy. And that epic moment where they both just turn and look at them all at the same oh, time. And the, the look in their eyes when they do it, it chills. Chills. Yes. Very much so. <laughs> Dig this. Dig this. Sorry you has a 
fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams, sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams, and water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk. Holy shit, James Marster's screen presence. The main character actors are all, like, solid actors. Uh-huh. But none of them have just the sheer force of personality that James Marsters pulls off with Spike. No. And it just... Well, this fucking guy went to Juilliard, okay? I didn't actually know that. He No, he graduated I'm, I'm ashamed of my fanboyness. Me because too. Because I did not know that. So, he has a really good transition over to Buffy. He says, so... How about this Slayer? Is she tough? And we cut to Buffy in a room, whinily brushing her hair. <laughs> Have you noticed they do this a lot on this show? Um, they set something up, they cut to the next scene, and they contradict it in a, a humorous manner. Yeah, well, they do this a lot. It's that's one of my favorite kinds of wit that I this show I like it, but it, kind it's of pioneer getting to me now. Really, it's, they've done it a little too much. I think. Eh. I'll, I'll I'll let you know if I start to feel the same way. Okay. Um, meanwhile, th- this whole scene in Buffy's room is about the parent-teacher conference and how Buffy didn't tell her mom about it. Mm-hmm. I want to read it because I'm not sure how it makes me feel, like, as Buffy's mom as a parent. I think we're on the same page here, and I know exactly the, how it makes yeah, me feel. Go the on. The quote is, what I don't want is to be disappointed in you again. Got the same quote here. Her mom is talking about how like she was troubled. They had to move to a new city. She had to get a new job. Yes. And Buffy's like, well, I know you don't want that again. And this and- all seems to be brought on just because Buffy didn't tell her about yeah, I- the conferences. And this steps back into the whole thing of... Buffy's not that fucking bad. She's not that fucking bad. Here, I mean, my quick note about that was... God damn it, what a flamboyant, egregious, uninstigated instance of emotional abuse. She's not gotten in any trouble, especially she hasn't gotten in any trouble that's been communicated back to Joyce. Not and not There's, any trouble that like has really been showcased to us the viewer. Yeah. Well, and I mean the the thing is though that they're playing is we all understand the reasons for her actions is because she's a fucking hero. Right. But here's the thing. At worst, by what we've seen so far from season one and the very beginning of season two, she's a bad student. At worst, yeah. At worst. She's a bad student. Mm-hmm. They mention her fighting. When has she been when? busted for fighting? When? I would like to know as well. We're like, prou- yeah. <laughs> We're okay. going to get emails We about could this. bust her for <laughs> sticking her nose in business that isn't hers. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. It bothers me. It bothers me. And goddamn it, Joyce, you're a better fucking character than that bullshit right there. Absolutely. And then Buffy follows it up. You know, she rebuttals. Well, I'm just under a lot of pressure right now. And Joyce is like, well, wait till you get a job. Uh And I'm like, okay, so not only are you shaming her for past actions out of nowhere, but you're invalidating her emotions about her perception of pressure she's currently under. Fuck you, Joyce. All the adults around her, all the adults around her hold this fucking action that she did well over a year ago. Yeah. And, it, like, okay. Yeah, don't help her move on or anything. Right. No, we're going to hold you to this, and, like, you got, you're got you going to have to live this down the rest of your fucking life. Yeah, seriously. It pisses me off. And, and like I said, Joyce is a better fucking character than this. She, 
is eventually, yeah. <laughs> so like, by the time they kill her, I'm definitely I just start to like her just by around the time they kill her, which is all that I really remember about her. Yeah. Um anyway, anyway, moving on from this scene. Next scene is the school. Yep, where they're setting up for the it's like they're preparing for a dance for fuck's sake. Yeah, it. Uh, I don't remember having banners and punch and food and shit. Yeah, and and Sheila didn't show up, so it's Buffy doing it pretty much all on her own, and Willow and Xander are kind of sort of helping. Yeah, um, but they're not supposed to help, so they're not trying to help a whole bunch. Yeah. So they establish that they're going to the bronze later tonight, even though. Uh, Buffy shouldn't be because she needs to study for French, but then Nice Guy Xander pops up for like 0.08 seconds. And that's it for this episode for Nice Guy Xander. Yeah. And thank God. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, his Nice Guy Xanderness actually just motivates Buffy to do exactly the opposite of what he was trying to get her to do. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Xander. <laughs> exactly. She is tired of your shit. <laughs> Exunt, nice guy, Xander. That may be the last time we ever see him. I hope so. <laughs> and you know what? That's a good note for him to go the fuck away on. <laughs> I want to do a reel of every time we've ever said that because there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Like constant. We're like, we think he's gone now. We think he's gone. He we must think he's be. gone. He must never leave. When does, <laughs> when do you leave, nice guy Xander? Fuck you, nice guy Xander. Never. <laughs> so Giles and Miss Calendar come in. Yep, and Giles, there's this funny bit where Giles puts his hands down on the poster that Buffy has been painting, so and he's the, got paint all over his and hands. And the foley, my god, the foley. Like you can tell that it wasn't really wet, but yeah, the sound was like. <laughs> Well, they cut in when they cut into the scene. There's one little circle of spot that is empty of paint, <laughs> yeah. and Buffy's that painting they left that circle. for Buffy to fill in with one little dab. So what it's very that? obvious the whole thing was made and then brought in, and yeah. there's just one spot for her to paint. Man, luckily they uh, one shot nailed that scene. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> or maybe they did paint the whole banner, and that's how many times it took oh, them. To do the whole thing. That would thing. be awful. <laughs> so Giles, Giles is a dick. Giles is a dick. He starts talking about Buffy and he's like, so uh, Miss Calendar has been researching, or uh, I'm sorry, surfing on her computer. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you for belittling her research. Yeah. Just because of the medium. More than that, Buffy's obviously stressed about the parent-teacher thing. Obviously trying to juggle her normal life and slaying. Yes. And Giles is just like, no, fuck your normal life. Well, there's a big theme of that in this episode of them, of Buffy being uh, belittled and not taken care of, considering how much she takes care of them. Really? Yeah. It's kind of fucked up. Later on, I think Giles kind of has his moment where he's like, no, maybe, maybe I do this wrong. It's not vocalized in in lines that he says or anything, but it's it's in his the way he acts in a scene later, which we'll get to. But yeah, it just this this bit right here though. His ah oh, fuck you. <laughs> she has a normal life. She has to have a normal life. Yeah, and she clearly has anxiety about that, which causes her to not be able to concentrate properly on being the Slayer, which you'd think they should all be like, oh my god, let us 
totally help you keep your mom away from Snyder. That'll be our only yeah. fucking job. Let us let us help you figure out a balance between your slaying and your real life yes. so that you can do better at both. Exactly. Why not both? Why not both? <laughs> God damn it, Giles. Get you a girl who can do both. <laughs> for me to say anything cool or, or witty or at all. I, I can usually make a few vowel sounds and then I have to go away. I don't mean to interrupt your downward mobility. Yeah, you're the slayer and we're like the slayerettes. Oh, please. And then, oh. so Snyder comes in. Yeah. And he's like, oh... Sheila Bale on you, huh? She fa- she didn't show up. I guess an expulsion's in the in the works. Snyder looked. Did you the look on his face? He was like Mary Poppins singing the sound of fucking music when he thinks about expelling students. If he didn't have a hard on, I don't know what. And yes, I know kid, Mary but, Poppins. Oh my god, did not sing the sound of music that was on purpose. <laughs> Yeah, he he looks way too happy to be expelling a student. <laughs> so much so that, again, I asked the question, Snyder, why did you give them this ultimatum? Seri- just so we could just fuck with them. take some people out. Just at this moment when Sheila shows up, she's obviously hung the fuck over. Oh, right? Oh, or my God. something, whatever. But Strung out something. So, uh, my Buffy question... Buffy just covers for her. Yeah, that, that was my question for you, is why the fuck does Buffy even bother covering for her? I don't know. I wouldn't have. Some sort of solidarity amongst <sighs> bad girls, hard air quotes? Buffy's not dumb enough to not see that there's a difference between her and Sheila. Seriously. Like, obviously, Buffy is a, quote, bad kid because she's dealing with being a slayer. She has, Sheila's just a bad kid. Yeah, Buffy has to live this classic dual life of a superhero. Yeah. So uh, she has a, a good damn excuse. Okay, yeah, maybe Sheila has a horrible home life. Right. Maybe she has, you know, past trauma. Yeah. But that's different than, like... Buffy's a goddamn superhero. Yeah. Why? I guess maybe she's just too fucking good to not cover for Sheila. Yeah. That, maybe she just d- wants to uh, cock block Snyder's ability to <laughs> expel Sheila. There you go. That's good motivation. The, you know, and I thought of it just now and that works for me. Yeah. The, well, that's your biggest weakness, though. Also, Buffy, is that you're just too good of a person and... Moving along. Yeah, moving on to the bronze. The bronze. The bronze. <laughs> Buffy studying French. So Xander is dancing. Buffy and Willow are studying. Not particularly well. I don't speak French, <laughs> so I have no idea how good her French is. But well, I Willow make... seems to say that it's not good. Yeah, I couldn't make out what Willow was saying that Buffy had actually said. Something about asking a couch something. Yeah, it, I didn't follow it very much. I don't know. Whatever. Not really important. So shortly, Xander comes up and he's like, hey, I'm dying out there. Y'all need to come dance with me or something. I really expected to spot nice guy Xander in this bit when he walked up. Yeah, but not really. No. no. He, he encourages both of them to get off their asses and dance. Absolutely. And there's a little bit of a funny bit. He's like, you've been studying for what, 12 minutes? And she's like, oh, that's why my brain is fried, <laughs> which was excellent. Yeah. Nice and light and fluffy. Enter Spike. Oh, yes. Spikey, 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 spike, spike. I spikey spikey spike 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 spike. I do have one plot hole question here. In that, how did he know that she was the Slayer? I don't know. It, it just it doesn't track to me that he so easily found her. 
My but, only question was, why didn't he just run up and stab her in the back right there? Other than, well, that's boring. Want, uh, honestly, <laughs> honestly, as far as Spike as a character is concerned, he wanted to play with his food. Yeah, that's he, true. He's very much a, I want to play with my food he kind of guy. definitely is. And that's one of the reasons we love him so much. Oh, God, yes. And Spike's plan to, like, confirm that she is the Slayer is fucking fantastic. It really and is. And devious as hell. Yeah. So he tells the guy that he's with, hey, go feed. So the dude, the other vampire goes outside to mm-hmm. grab a girl and feed. And then he walks up and talks to another guy who happens to be standing next to Buffy. Yeah. And says, hey, I need to call the police. There's some guy trying to bite a woman out there. Yeah. And then she bolts outside to go f- stop him. Hook, line, and sinker. And he just hangs out and watches all super creepy. Like, can I say this is um, one of the first scenes in the entire show where I felt like they were in real danger. This whole damn episode, dude. Yeah. This whole episode, Spike exudes so much screen presence. He actually seems dangerous. Yeah, and like menacing. No one else has been menacing yet. Yeah, I have a theory on why, and I, I think it's because they finally stopped setting up their villains like cartoon characters. That are specifically there to be knocked down. Exactly. They finally said, wait, what if somebody who actually had common sense tried to fight Buffy? And the only other one that I could think of that came even remotely close was Luke in the very first episode. And only barely. And the only reason Luke came close is Uh Luke was a physically giant dominating presence. Yeah. Big fucking dude. James Marsters is not big. But yeah, Spike is by far the first like actual scary villain that we've had yet. And And if we didn't know that already, we were damn sure when he stepped out with his slow clap. Yes. Perfectly executed. Oh yeah. Slow clap. Buffy kills the vampire, <laughs> he steps out. The look on Buffy's face is just like what the f- fuck <laughs> I, I didn't write down what he says but he ends up taking off i didn't kind write it down either negative Must on be- buffy did not chase him down right a little bit um obviously he's a vampire like it was a pretty cheesy line it was something about uh you'll be dead next week or some shit yeah <laughs> hinting towards the what, what is it the, the day of saint whatever you know i never wrote that down I either either it wasn't important. It was more vampire religious bullshit. That's the other thing is we've got our episode title. Spike cares about the vampire religious bullshit as much as we do, which is to say none at fucking all. At all. Hey, got your steak, steak. Hey, got your steak. So from here, we go to the library. Yes. And they're trying to figure out who the fuck Spike is. Wait, no. Before that, um, outside somewhere else, I assume a different exit to the bronze. The the short little bit with Sheila. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That That's the dive bar that Willow mentions earlier at the banner painting area. Okay. It's some biker creepy bar place. That's oh, like, I didn't she catch said that. that uh, something about sometimes it gets raided sometimes hmm. by the police. So, so I'm pretty sure it's that place. 
She's walking out with two guys. She's obviously drunk. They're obviously drunk. This is the point at which I knew that Sheila was a complete throwaway character. Oh, yes. Because I was like, oh, they hired a bad actor and they gave her bad lines. Yeah. Seemingly on purpose. Uh, She is a fucking steak is what she is. She's just a big (laughs) chunk of piece of meat for them to to use and the bad guys to eat and throw away. She is this episode's version of Jesse. Yes. From the first episode. Definitely. Um, And her first fucking line uh, coming out of this bar. Well, not her first line, but she's like, you guys weren't lying about a Cadillac, were you? Because I'm crazy about a cad. Just the feel of the leather makes me want to. Where'd you go? And the whole time she's. It's just so awkward. Yeah. So bad. She's not. She's not great. And then Spike <laughs> enters and we're like, oh, thank God. Oh, he's going to kill her. Thank you, Spike. And he like lures. And we already loved you. He lures her away, and the guys that she was looking for were literally right at her feet. Wow, she was really drunk. Seriously. <laughs> okay, actually, it didn't even occur to me that she might be drunk. That makes more sense now. Oh, that she was she'd definitely be as, playing drunk. That she'd be as blah as she was. Uh, All right. I'll let that go then. So yeah, they they go to the they they're at the library at then the trying library. to figure out who Spike is. Opening line here was Giles says Spike. That's a little unorthodox, isn't it? And Buffy's like just like the character. <laughs> Buffy's like maybe he's reformed. Ha <laughs> ha! Religion joke. Get it? Did him? <laughs> and then Giles is like, well, he can't be any worse than anything else you've fought. Angel comes in. Dramatically, he's worse. No, no, no. He specifically comes in voice first with the line. Yes. Because he knows who Spike is. Xander's... (laughs) Willow promptly, swiftly, and effectively puts her foot right in her mouth to the knee. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow, he's 200 years old? Wow, that means even if he only had two dates a... A year, that's still 400 dates of dating other... Oh, is this a mace? Hmm. (laughs) Why do they call this a mace? (laughs) But Xander had a fun line uh, talking about Spike. He's like, so he's thorough, (laughs) (laughs) goal-oriented. And he is. And this uh, was where we got one of um, Miss Calendar's lines that really kind of pissed me off. Because Buffy's like, oh, I'm so stressed that my mom's going to run into Snyder. And she just so clearly downplays her anxiety about this. And yeah, this was where I really noticed that you'd think that they'd want to keep Buffy as unburdened as humanly possible. Oh, yeah. She is the person who is going to always save your fucking lives. Yes, exactly. You want to support that, not be like, well, you have vampires (laughs) to kill, little lady. Yeah. Oh, my God. Excuse me. What what was what did Miss Calendar say? I didn't actually write any of that down. I didn't get her direct quote, but that was basically it. She was like, "Yeah, but you need to worry about Saturday." And Buffy's like, "Well, I need to survive this week." But no, nah, but that was that's the perpetual argument in this episode. Yeah. Blah blah blah. I, it didn't Ugh. deserve any direct quotes. You're right, and you're right because they're completely one hundred percent. They're just piling more shit on her. Yeah, seriously. Learn to delegate and understand that she's like, okay, yeah, she's the slayer. Yeah, she has superpowers, but she's still a 
fucking person. Yeah. And more importantly, she's still a 16-year-old fucking girl. Does she really need more stakes? Well, I guess when they disappear every time she leaves it in a chest. Yeah. <laughs> God, there should be... One of the fucking Scooby gang should be cutting up stakes constantly. Constantly. They, constantly. They should, Nothing else. They should, Th Xander, that is your job. <laughs> they should be outsourcing that to China. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> They should have th a thousand or a thousand box order on back order all the time, constantly. So anyway, that's the thing. You know what, Giles, do your job as a watcher, and Buffy incorporate, become the the Buffy the Vampire Slayer Corporation. There you go. There's the job that your mom was talking about. Turn this into a career. Turn this into a career. Everyone shuts the fuck up. Monetize. Exactly. Giles, much like myself at this moment, tries to get back down to business, and he's like, so, uh, Angel, do you know of any other names that Spike has gone by? And... Yeah. He's gone. He ghosts on them. And Xander has one of the greatest lines ever. He's like, okay, that's it. I'm putting a collar with a little bell on that guy. <laughs> Which, yes. Not only was it funny because of his delivery so much as now I really want to see that. Yes. <laughs> okay, before we go to the next scene, I need another beer. You, you mean besides me? No. I didn't ask. You, you, mean, you, you mean besides me? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you, do you believe? I didn't ask. We have to achieve our dreams. Otherwise we wither and die. You, you don't have your handy-dandy beer with Buffy time-space continuum beer opener? Not yet. Okay, so the next scene I have dubbed by Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> They're in Cordy... Or no, it's not Cordy. They're in uh, Drusilla's room. Yeah. They've, they've thoroughly moved in to the new lair. They really have. Um, I'm wondering, like, was that already there? I don't think so. Or did they really have to move all that in? Drew has names for all the dolls. I think this was one of the fun... I, you know, Drusilla is just crazy enough. I think she could come up with that shit on the spot. But she had yeah. one of... <laughs> a very characteristic line. One that just really sets the tone for her in general for the rest of the show. She's She's grabbing a doll and she's like... Missy that speaks out of turns a bad example and will have no cakes today as she turns around this creepy doll. Yep. Uh, there, There's at least half a dozen or more dolls on the little, like, I guess it's a dresser. Yeah. I, I, I didn't get a look at what what the actual object is. Some sort of on. shelving. Yeah, but thing. There, there's a number of dolls there. A number. They're all tattered and creepy. Mm -hmm. The whole room is tattered and creepy, but it's all like lacy frilled As stuff. As one would expect of an ancient vampire. Yeah. And so Spike's there <laughs> and there you hear chanting in the background as they're preparing for the vampire religious bullshit rites bullshit thing. Yeah. And Drew is like, oh, you should go join them. He doesn't like you talking about the annoying one. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> I'm the anointed one. <laughs> you sure are. Spike is like, Drew, you need to eat. Here, I've brought you food. And we see that he has Sheila chained up. Sh Sheila's not dead yet. Isn't it simultaneously heartwarming and terrifying that Spike's 
kind of sole motivation for being so relentlessly fucking terrifying is his motivation to take care of Drusilla. Yeah. Like, it, he's just it's worried. It's unnerving he's, as hell. He's just worried about whether or not she's eaten, and you're like, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> right? <laughs> It's so sweet. You have to kill someone to <laughs> And to then live. he almost fucks her, but then doesn't, and then they start talking uh, about and So other yeah, stuff. he's like, okay, I guess I'm gonna go I'm gonna go join the the bullshit vampire religious bullshit. They're almost uh, a better couple than Gomez and Morticia. Almost. 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 Uh, Way least, better than Joker and Harley, though. Oh, God, yes. I mean, those two are just... They they definitely care about each other. Like, yeah. Spike really loves Drew, apparently. Like, it's creepy, demonic I, love, but hey, it's love. It's definitely that he is obsessed with her, because, he, I mean, he is an undead creature, so, I, like, he has no soul, and they've established that vampires don't have souls, they can't love. Yeah. So it's some weird, creepy obsession. Yeah. Some good old-fashioned demon love. Drew. Oh, yes. Drew, this whole fucking episode, anytime she's on screen, it's unnerving as hell because she's so <laughs> cute and soft-spoken <laughs> and just... I'm going to say you fucked up things now. Yeah. And it's going to be like I'm touching the rusty spoon. Yes. Kind of. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Fucking salad fingers. Salad exactly. fingers. That's. Oh, that's... God, that shit's creepy. Yeah. Oh, way to invoke that bullshit. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck sleeping. As if you didn't have enough trouble already. Right. Yay, insomnia <laughs> and nightmares. Whee! So, bye, Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they established that Sheila's still tied up in their lair. And Spike's leaving to go join the ceremony shit. We cut to the library, and everyone's, like, getting weapons ready, and we see Buffy pick up, she's holding a machete, and then she starts cutting vegetables with it. <laughs> right? I hope she fucking washed that damn thing. Eh. It's good for the immune system. <laughs> Whatever. And what the fuck? Why is Cordy there? Seriously, she's so bad at whittling steaks. She's not helping anyway. <laughs> no, she even a little later says, "How long have I been doing this?" And three Xander's like, minutes. Three minutes. So, and uh, before that, Xander's like, "Does anyone remember when Saturday night meant date night?" And she's like, "You sure don't." Burn. Burn. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, she like the fact that she is there literally just to give that line works for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I needed. Cordy's whole attitude in this scene is interesting in that she's supportive but just awful. <laughs> <laughs> she's like most of my friends. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they needed somebody who wasn't, you know, uh, geeky, and it, she she really rounds it out. She is the kind of friend that would be like, we're right behind you. I mean, way, way, way behind, behind you. you. But we're there. <laughs> I don't have to be faster than the vampires. I just have to be faster than you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Buffy realizes that she needs to get punch. Yeah. I So she, run, <laughs> so she makes lemonade with no sugar in it, which... Frankly, kind of sounds good to me. There's too much sugar in everything these days. But my question is, I really hope they gave Buffy some kind of fucking budget for all this shit she's doing. 
Yeah, really. Like, and she had time to fucking make that much fresh squeezed lemonade. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's a lot. It's a whole fucking punch bowl worth. I don't remember having this much free time in high school, but also I didn't live in such a small town. I lived way the fuck out in the middle of nowhere in comparison. I had to take the bus. Yeah. Whatever. Obviously, we've pre-established that they, you can literally walk anywhere in Sunnydale. Yeah. It's you, all within a block of each you other. You don't need a car, but when you have a car, it still takes you longer to get somewhere. Apparently, all the roads, like if you're at the bronze, the road to leave the bronze points in the opposite direction for half a mile yeah. and then loops around <laughs> the city. Only half a mile? Well, it, it's a long loop around the city to get to the school, which is right next door. <laughs> you have to go. You have to leave town, drive around the town, and then drive back into town. Oh, <laughs> see, why didn't you give me those directions before? My favorite part about this this lemonade bit, though, is Buffy's mom comes walking over, and Buffy's like, "Here, have some lemonade," and Willow's face is like. No. Yeah, yeah. And she shakes her head. That old bit. Yeah. <laughs> so Cordy spots Buffy's mom from across the room. Buffy's mom is really the hot topic of this episode. Yes. Snyder wants to talk to Buffy's mom. Even Cordelia's like, is that your mom? Now that is a woman who knows how to moisturize. Did it like skip a generation? Like, <laughs> aha, that's shitty. Fast forward a little into the night. Yeah. Buffy's mom. Let's get to the walks, good part. Yeah, Buffy's mom walks back up, uh, and she's like, "I've seen every room, and there's no teachers." And because Willow's doing her damn job, exactly. <laughs> and finally, though, Snyder catches Buffy's mom and says, "We need to talk in my office." They're back to the library when Giles finds the information on Spike. He's actually known as William the Bloody. William the Bloody. And this is when uh, we confirm that Spike has indeed killed two other Slayers. Uh-huh. And so they're they're legitimately worried now about yeah. Buffy Buffy's well-being. Snyder comes back with Buffy's mom. Buffy's mom is like, get in the car. We got to go. And Snyder starts turning off lights before people leave. Yeah. Snyder, you're a dick. Yeah. And then the vampires jump through the fucking window. Saved by the PCP. Holy Gang. shit. <laughs> it is a great little bit here of them jumping through the window. I mean, I don't... Okay. Was it Was it that great? I, mean, I thought so. I thought... It was it... good camera angle, good lighting for it. Yeah. It was and... well It was well done. Oh, yeah. It was very well done. I don't know if I'd say great. <sighs> For a show like this, well done is great. Meet me by the flagpole at noon. <laughs> Fuck you. We don't have a flagpole. <laughs> I'll get one. It'll be fine. We'll work it out. So the vampires <laughs> attack and Buffy, this is when Buffy changes gears immediately. She's hardcore slayer mode. Yeah. No more anxiety. Like her worries are gone. She just takes the fuck over and everyone just instinctively starts fucking listening to her because yeah. she she speaks with perfect authoritative tone and everything it's fantastic uh-huh well in a panic that's what people need now uh once once they hunker down in the science room that's when snyder and joyce yeah start to double 
is start to question her. Damn, Buffy just shuts him the fuck down. Quick. Absolutely does. But anyway, before they they get there, everyone kind of scatters in different directions. I thought um, it was kind of lame that Buffy laid out Spike with a fucking plastic chair. Right. But whatever. <laughs> she had to get some separation to get her people safe. Sure, it bought him a second. Yeah, they're running to the library. Another vampire cuts him off. Yeah. Miss Callender and Xander and Giles are in the library. Uh, Willow and Cordelia hide out in a janitor's closet. Which, holy shit, Willow. Badass Willow here. A vampire grabs a hold of Cordy. Willow reaches over, oh, grabs yeah. a statue, and just spins around and is like, Hey, you! And knocks the fucking vampire out. Yeah. No hesitation whatsoever. Definitely some ballsy moves from the, the Scooby gang. Oh, yeah. Both Xander and Willow do fantastic in this episode. Oh, absolutely. Buffy gets in the science room with... Snyder, her mom, and two other adults? Was it two or one? I really think it was only the one. I get, yeah, I I remember her saying four at one point, but... I don't know, because there's the one guy that Spike has by the neck out in the yeah. hallway, and then there's... That poor fucker. Leisure Suit Larry, um, who's like, well, I'm going to crawl out through the window, blah! But before, so before we get to that point, Snyder's like, oh, we need to get out of here. He's the one who's like, they're a gang. They're a gang on PCP. Mm-hmm. Which I guess this was a time when PCP was a big fucking deal. I don't... I hope so. I hope so. I hope it was that relevant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Either that or but they were really stretching. S- Snyder's like, we're going to get out the window. And Buffy just shuts his shit down quick. Quick. And tells him, no, you're going to stay right the fuck here. And I'm going to go get help. And she goes out through the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And Snyder's... Hence the Die Hard reference. Yes. I Because, well, now they're all trapped in a school. Yep. Like, you guys, we're all totally trapped in the school. It's like a Bruce Willis movie or something. <laughs> I've totally got glass in my feet. Scoob. Yeah, why isn't she barefoot? If you're going to go into the into the Bruce Willis re- reference, make Buffy barefoot. Uh. <laughs> and she didn't crawl through a single vent. She was just in the ceiling. <laughs> we... <laughs> we need red hats. Make Buffy barefoot again. <laughs> or for the first time ever. Yes, for the first time ever. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> she crawls through the ceiling, gets to the library. Giles is kind of awesome here. Figures out an out for Xander. Xander escapes the school by the stacks to go get Angel. Well, there just happens to be this tunnel way behind the book stacks. You know sure. What? Oh, fine. I'll I'm take fine it. with that. I'll I- take it. I'll take it. Old building. There we go. Yeah. It's built on the Hellmouth, you know. Uh, yeah. Stuff and things. There was a hole there. Sure. Maybe they maybe they built a trap door. You know, I've worked in enough schools. I there are in fact lots of weird tunnelways. Oh yeah. Yeah. And this is when Buffy falls in through the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Not so much falls, just jumps in through the ceiling. Yeah. I don't want to Purpose- imply that- purposefully. Yeah. I don't want to imply that she, like, lands on her head or anything. Yes, falling with She's style. She's badass. Falling with style. I kind of got a little choked up here in this bit. What? Rex, you don't have emotion. We've I established this. emotions. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> Giles is like, I want to help. I'm going to go out there with you. I need to help. I'm going to help you fight the vampires. And Buffy shuts him down. Mm-hmm. He says, no, you're, you're not going to do that. 
And she says, my mother's in that room. If I don't make it out out of here, I know you'll make sure she does. And Giles, without missing a beat, says, bloody right I will. Bloody right the, I will. Like the yeah. the emotion that both the actors are able to portray here, like I actually like I'm like, oh my god. Oh people care about people. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's making my stomach do things. And we get a, a nice little uh offshoot bit here. Spike has that other adult dude in the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> Which is flamboyantly just there to be like, look how scary he is to other vampires. He must be extra scary. Yep. I wrote I wrote down his line here because I thought it was pretty clever. He says, I'm a veal kind of guy. You're too old to eat, but not to kill. Snaps his neck. I, I appreciated that they did the cutaway because they were able to properly make it look like his neck was turned far enough to actually be broken yes and not like he was craning to no, look they, at something they definitely shot that perfectly yeah that was well done it's hard for me to say anything cool or, or witty or at all i i can usually make a few vowel sounds and then i have to go away i don't mean to interrupt your downward mobility yeah you're the slayer and we're like the slayerettes oh please i want to actually take a moment to talk about spike here Mm. And we, we touched a little bit about uh, on this earlier what it is that makes spike scarier than these other assholes and the scene that really makes me think about it is spike walks by and there's one vampire who's banging on the door that uh buffy's mom and snyder are in. the door is solid and he, like he can't get through and so spike says use your head and grabs him and Bashes his head against the the fire axe yeah. glass. And I thought he was going to bash his head into the door. I did too. But Spike is smarter than that. Yes. He's not randomly just going to kill a dude that's helpful to him in the moment. Yeah. Holy shit. Sensible actions. Yes. A, he's scary because he's smart and sensible. Unlike the master. But B, I honestly think what makes him so scary is he's young. Hmm. He understand they cut the electricity on the on the building. They cut the phones on the building. Yeah. That is forethinking knowledge of current technology that Spike has because he's younger than the rest of them. He they use the axe because that's smart and uh, mm -hmm. you know, new tactics. He's hipper and cooler. Yes. And everybody wants to fuck him blind. And he has that awesome bleach blonde slick back hair. He does. He's a very Billy Idol-esque type. Yes. Nobody will ever let anybody With live it down. With the long trench coat leather jacket. And when there's this movie that Billy Idol's in and I'm like, holy shit, it's Spike. Wait, no, it's actually <laughs> Billy Idol. Weird. <laughs> so this is when Snyder's like, no, fuck this. I'm not doing what Buffy says. I'm going out the window. And so and is the other guy. The other guy who's a teacher or a parent, I'm not sure. He's going to go out the window too. They, they get the window open. The dude starts climbing out and then gets grabbed by a vampire and pulled out the window. <laughs> And <laughs> Buffy's mom, like, grabs Snyder, pulls him back, and, like, closes the window back up and everything's like, you're a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of the moments where it's pretty obvious how bad of a person Snyder is. Like, he didn't even try to grab the guy and pull oh, him back God, in. No. He was no. He was just like, oh, shit, and just let him go. Yep. This is when Buffy comes out of the ceiling 
to stop the guy who's going at the door with the axe. Uh-huh. Kills him. And then Sheila enters. Yep, this is when Sheila shows up and she's obviously a vampire now. Oh, there's some weird guys after us. Did you notice how fucking weird and awkward her vamp makeup looked? No. I don't know if it was that just, it it looked too bulky. They probably reused an old prosthetic that was made for somebody else's face. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, she has a a wider, rounder face shape. And confirmation, she is this episode's version of Jesse in every possible way. Even became a fucking vampire like him. Yup. Buffy gets the the drop on her because Giles sees her sees Sheila with her, the axe about to attack Buffy. Uh, oh, was it Giles? Yep. Uh, I, I wasn't sure they were who across warned... the hall from the the library. Yeah, I wasn't sure who it was that warned her through the door. Did you notice that when she swung the axe at him, she hit a poster of a dude with a severed leg, right where his leg was severed? I noticed the poster. <laughs> yeah. She I'm hit curious him right, what that fucking poster was. She hit him right on the one leg where oh he... <laughs> it was such a stupid joke. They do poster jokes here. They do. They love their poster <laughs> jokes. This is when Angel shows up. They kill the vampire that, that killed the the, te- the teacher dude who got dragged through the, the window. And Xander's like, what are we going to do? And Angel like grabs him by the throat. And Xander's like, okay, I guess we'll do this. And he says, do you have a plan? That <laughs> Good plan. Yep. And drags drags him into the school. Fine. Great. Tries to fake out Spike. And I thought that they were succeeding for just a second. I, I, me too. But God damn it. Spike is smarter than this bullshit. Yes, he is. This is when we learn that Angel was Spike's sire. Mm hmm. (laughs) Dad. (laughs) Yep. Oh my God. Dad. (laughs) (laughs) And so. Angel's trying to fake Spike out. Spike is seemingly playing into it for, like, I thought they had him for a moment. Yeah. For just um, a second there. Like, good on good on James Marster's acting for being able to pull off being slightly, like, taken yeah. by this. Juilliard. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's going to come up a lot, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Spike clocks Angel, they run. Uh, and this is when the big showdown between Spike and Buffy happens. Uh-huh. Oh my god, is it good. So, uh, I think, here's another thing that I think makes Spike so great. He said, so his line is, uh, Fee-fi-fo-fum. I smell the blood of a nice, ripe girl. He's so badass, he doesn't even need to rhyme. Right. In fact, choosing not to be clever or witty makes him seem infinitely more clever and witty than all of the cheesy dickbags before him. His facial expressions especially. The look in his eyes, he looks terrifying. Mm -hmm. And the, the first interaction we get between these two is Buffy's like, do we really need weapons for this? And his response is fucking golden. I just like them. They make me feel all manly. And he, like, caresses himself when he <laughs> says it. 
And then they drop them, and they fight. Big fat fight scene. Their chemistry, even when they're fighting, is phenomenal. Even Xander's getting in some serious fighting out in the out in the yard. Yeah. Like I even wrote Xander nearly holding his fucking own. Nearly. Holy shit! I mean, Angel He's had still a normal person. Angel like, had to bail him out, but that's fine. Who cares? Yeah. He didn't die in the first five fucking... That's, yeah. a, that's impressive. That is impressive. That's better than 99% of the other people who have encountered vampires on this show. Shit, that's better than any vampire that wakes up while Buffy's on patrol. <laughs> so this fight scene finishes up with Spike getting axe clobbered by Buffy's mom. Go Buffy's mom. Yeah, seriously. She's like, no one fucks with my daughter. Solidarity, <laughs> goddammit. Oh, so, hell yeah. And... <sighs> His exiting line, women. Come on. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Like, he, well, she is the title character. She is. So. She is. <laughs> Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, you guys are wet. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Cold water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk. Kudos for Buffy because she she accepts the help from her mom and doesn't like I almost expected the character to be like, hey, I had that handled or something along those lines. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, she like responds as like, holy shit, mom, you saved me. And like and she kind of did. Yeah, but she, they could have written that so that she had some vibrato about the situation or some shit, which would have really ruined it. I think. But the fact that she responds, she responds like a 16 year old girl saved by her mother. Yeah. And it like it really almost makes up for any of the bad bits that Joyce says, the bad lines where she's just way overly critical of Buffy in the earlier parts of this episode. Yeah. This bit really makes up for it. And I almost feel like they did that on purpose. And, you know, it was a setup. Definitely. And we fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. Oh, God, yes. (laughs) And so the cops show up, and there's this interesting bit. Between Snyder? And the cop. Yeah. Like the chief of police or some shit. This raises questions. Yeah. Does Snyder know? First off, this is when Snyder fucking lies. Uh Uh-huh. Because he says, I told them not to go out the window. Yeah. Bullshit, Snyder. Bullshit. You rat. You fucking rat fink bastard <laughs> oh but then he says to the cop oh the well the cop's like so pc pcp and gangs and he's like what do you want to tell him the real story hmm. he knows <laughs> he's like what do you propose we tell them the truth like he knows that they were vampires yeah i that is the question does he know how I, much does he know what does he think the truth is that's what i want to know if that's the case what does he know about Buffy? Right? Like, I I gotta know this. Is he maybe some sort of spy from an, a different organization? No. I do actually know why he knows things. Uh-huh. Because, I don't see. I don't remember at all. And I'm so. not... I'm not... I'm gonna... I learn from my, my spike <laughs> mistake. I learn from my spike mistake. Thank you. It's so excellent this little bit here this one fucking seemingly throwaway line yep um and just to wrap up so giles and miss calendar just before that 
Um, <laughs> they seem a lot more thoroughly a thing now. Oh, they are unquestionably a thing now. And Giles has this stupid self-deprecating moment. He's like, I- I- I'll understand if you want to avoid me a little more than usual. She doesn't something. even really give any retort to it. And she just puts her arm through his and they fucking move she's on. She's like, shut the fuck up. Take your pants off, you sexy Gile- beast. Giles, <laughs> you're a suave son of a bitch. You're more suave than you think you are. He is. And you though. know what? She fucking knows it. Oh, yeah. She she, wa- she wants the Giles. <laughs> oh, she's getting the Giles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Do you figure they've been on at least three dates by now, by, by the way they were in previous episodes? At least. They've had to have hooked up by now. Hmm. If they haven't by now, they have to have after this episode. To the forums! <laughs> When do Giles and Miss Calendar fornicate? We shall research the fornication of the Giles and the Calendar. And we shall rejoice in their union. So so we find out Cordelia and Willow are still in the janitor's closet. (laughs) And Cordy's praying. And Willow's like, pray for some aspirin. (laughs) <laughs> Corey just goes with it and she's like hey <laughs> and they just fucking leave him there I love that she prays like she's talking to a waiter <laughs> she does oh and could we get some aspirin to oh <laughs> hey <laughs> so down to the annoying ones oh, lair oh my where Spike oh, God. lovingly dude, bestows dude, if I if if there was any scene that this episode was worth... First off, the episode is fucking amazing. Yeah. But this scene makes it... This scene is the entire scene to fucking watch the whole goddamn bit. Yeah, seriously. Like It's like the whole episode is set up to introduce Spike solely for this fucking scene. This scene is better than Xanax. <laughs> yes. Like, look up this episode <laughs> in the dictionary... And you, you'll you'll just see the definition of catharsis, and this is when he calls him the annoying one. Yeah, and like I was like I was giddy bouncing in my seat when I'm like, holy shit, he is the annoying one, and he set the tone for the rest of the series with his oh, line. God, it's like, yes, I think we need a little less ritual and a little more fun. Yes, words to live by. Yes. The anointed one is fucking the most pointless goddamn character in the entire fucking series is done. Done. Thank God. Done, 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 done. So I always finish my watch through of the the episode sooner than you. You take a fuck ton more notes than I do. Go on. So I was sitting here waiting for you to finish up and you just started practically maniacally laughing. <laughs> and then you're, you're you're laughing maniacally and then you're like Ugh. <laughs> And I'm just like I know where you are. <laughs> you are at minute 42 and 37 seconds. Aren't you are you? at the moment that that fucker dies. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah. Oh my god. It was so like <laughs> the best part of this entire episode was that moment of getting to witness your catharsis of his death. Uh, I didn't realize 
how stressed I was. (laughs) (laughs) You knew you hated him, but you just didn't really truly understand the depth. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I didn't. Introduction of Spike, the the introduction of (laughs) of the Anointed One. Okay, that's right. I just coined the word introduction. We are way on the long end here. Yeah, I know. You're telling me. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength, strength. Give, 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 give me more! Nights, I shall give, walk give, in give, here. Give, 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 give. Hold on. You've got something here. Huh? So what was your quote of the day, Rex? Oh, by fucking far my quote of the day was Spike's line about weapons making him feel manly. <laughs> That was a good one. His delivery, his, his like the the like caressing himself in a sensual <laughs> manner. They they just they just make me feel so manly. <laughs> he definitely sold it. Spike is the MVP of this episode by far. Oh God, yes. What's your quote of the day? My quote of the day, Rex, is. If every vampire who said they were at the crucifixion was actually there, it would have been like Woodstock. <laughs> because you know what? I've had that line rattling in my head for oh my years, God. and I had forgotten where it came from. I didn't think he said the crucifixion. I thought it was just a reference to Woodstock, but it's so nice to come back and just get back <laughs> to grassroots origins. Oh, Spike, Spike, you are, you are, this whole episode is a love letter to you, my, my friend. It really is. You are the breath of fresh air that we didn't even know we needed. Could not be happier that he's finally in this fucking show. The difference in how terrifying the vampires are in this fucking episode versus the first episode when they're trying to resurrect the master is night and fucking day. Yes. Like, we're talking, the difference is fucking Twilight vampires versus Anne Rice vampires. Yes, it is a night fucking day. It is a great big hard cock all the way up inside. (laughs) All the way up in there. <laughs> of any random orifices, orifice I of orifices, orifice orifice all the orifice Oh my god! <laughs> like I was really excited the moment I realized that Spike. This was the intro to Spike. I was excited, but I did not realize how fucking much this show goddamn needed how well founded your excitement was right yeah i was excited because he he becomes one of my all-time favorite characters absolutely and um my favorite story about spike is i was in college taking a public speaking class and we were all given this assignment to do a speech on a hero of ours and the teacher specifically said it can be Somebody you know or somebody you don't know. It can be a fictional character or a non-fictional character, a historical figure, whoever, whatever. Did you seriously choose Spike? I seriously chose Spike. Now, here's the really fucking funny part. The day that we all had to go up and do our speeches in front of the class, I went dead last. Oh. Dead last. That's that's always really good or really bad. (laughs) 
I just think it's hilarious because every single person who in that class before me, <laughs> they all remember your speech. Every no, everybody did their speech on like their grandma or their dad oh, or their mom God. or their sister of no one chose fictional characters zero zero people chose That's surprising to nobody me. chose they they didn't even choose historical figures wow and so i'm up there like so <laughs> i chose spike from buffy the vampire slayer because he we used- all we all knew at a very young age that Josh was a nerd because <laughs> he liked to torture his victims with railroad spikes and they all laughed and laughed and I was like yeah I'm gonna do a podcast about this in 15 years or so probably <laughs> and you will tell this story today and no but the the, the funny to to me, the funny part is that you were the last speech. They all remember your speech the most. I bet they do. I bet they do. There's some dude who's like, there was this one time in acting There was school. this one fucking dick. <laughs> so, obviously, Josh, you obviously liked the episode. I obviously liked the episode. I, I don't think we need to oh, extemporaneize. This, this so good. Any more on our feelings about the episode? I just want to say, please subscribe, like, share. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, as Beer with Buffy. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, beerwithbuffy.com. Feel free to contact us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can leave comments and suggestions in our Facebook group. As always, big thank you to our composer, Benjamin Alexander. And more importantly, I want to make this call out right now. Yeah. Please. Please review us on iTunes. That is the number one thing that will help us that is build the, an audience. Even above donations, that is the number yes. one thing you can do for us at this point in time. Please and thank you. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. Maybe I will, Rex. Maybe I will. done why are we watching this <laughs>